welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. Today on the show, I have David Kopp. David is a former LSAT Demon student and current LSAT Demon staffer. How are you doing, David? Good, Nathan. How are you? Excellent. Um, you mentioned service to school. We just had uh, a guest from service to school, uh, Nathan. What's his last name again? Lowry. Lowry, Nathan Lowry, yeah, um, was a guest on the Thinking LSAT podcast. And since you actually used service to school yourself, um, you have some comments about that exact experience? Yes, they were extremely pivotal in helping me make my transition on my way out of active duty in the Marine Corps. One of their most greatest things was their JD guidebook, which is about a 60 page PDF that translated everything in the application process. Um, and how I would best be able to use my military experiences to then translate that into the application. Do we have a copy of that? Yes, I can provide that. That actually sounds super useful to like everybody because uh, obviously you, you know, everybody listening does not have a military background, but the, the, just, I would imagine to see what these things look like when you translate, like, okay, well, if you're a military person, here's how you mm-hmm. would answer this question. I think then a college athlete could use a similar translation or a, somebody who interned at some, you know, fancy law firm could translate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am yes. I wrong? And no, 100%. And one of the other things that I'm sure you'd really appreciate is they really hit on the financial impact of schools. And so they kind of go back and forth between prices. And, you know, if you have benefits, yes, you, the school might be cheaper based off their offer, but in the long term, it isn't. Um, so when I first started my application, I didn't really know anyone applying to law school at that moment. So I didn't have any like friends or close acquaintances to kind of lean on to help myself out. So I read that app, uh, the JD guidebook, probably about three or four times back to back to front. Um, and so then After that, I got assigned an ambassador who then helped me with application materials, helped me on school choice, et cetera, went through my resume. Hey, here's how you can, you know, translate this experience into a little bit better civilian terms. So that way it's not so much military jargon, personal statement, et cetera. Um, So really kind of from the very beginning of application to acceptance, they were there the entire time helped me out when, you know, I needed someone to talk to about the applications and then kind of just gave me someone to walk me through the process. So you're starting law school this fall. Yes, that's correct. Where? Uh, University of Texas in Austin. Very nice. Um, Congratulations on that. Uh, And you're a satisfied service to school user. 1000%. Yes. And uh, 1000% satisfied LSAT demon user. So talk about your, um, I mean, we're not, I don't have you on to just like brag about the demon, but I think listeners will appreciate your like journey. So where did Mm -hmm. you start with LSAT and then where did you finish? How how did it go along the way? Yeah. So let's see, I started my application process probably about December of what would that be? 2019. So kind of almost a year and a half between the start of my application process to actually picking the University of Texas about a month ago. Um, So the first thing I found was I literally just Googled LSAT preparation companies and the Thinking LSAT podcast was one of the like top Google results search. Okay. So I was like, oh, cool. I love listening to podcasts. This is something I can do while I drive back and forth from work. 
So I listened to you guys for about two months. So December, January, and then that was when LSAT Demon started to come online and I was starting to look into LSAT prep so I could apply in that fall. So it gave me like about a nine month window before. So um, I started out with the free trial, absolutely loved it. Um, the greatest thing for me was it was so flexible. I could study before I went to work. When I got lunch for 30 minutes, I could drill a couple questions and I could come in at night. Um, you know, I didn't have to worry about making a strict class timeline. And with my schedule uh, being in the Marine Corps, it, you know, I couldn't count on being available during certain times. So I absolutely love that flexibility. And then soon after that, that's when Demon Live came out. I was um, kind of like one of the initial uh, cohorts of that. Um, so I absolutely loved it. Um, I took a diagnostic test when I first started with the Demon. Um, that was like one of the first things I did. So I started out with a 151 um, in January and progress at the beginning was, was pretty rapid and pretty fast, which was nice. I, in, pr within about two weeks, I hit 155 and then about a month in, I hit 160 for the first time. So preparation was going well all summer. I signed up for my first test in July. I was feeling pretty, pretty confident. Um, I was starting to hit in the mid 160s by that point and I was feeling good. Um, but when the test came around, I did not have a good experience the first time around. To be quite frank, I froze on the second game and the game section was the first one. And so it threw me for a loop. I did not do wet very well on that test. I actually scored a, a 162, which was lower than my, you know, practice test scores at the time. And so I realized at that point that like I was not going to let games get me again. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I know I heard from someone else that, you know, if, if you're that serious about games, then you just need to be doing games every single day. So I, yep. I took that to heart. I started drilling games every day during my lunch hour. I blocked off an hour to eat. I just ate while I did games. Um, and so pretty soon I was starting to see real improvement on my games. And then right before my August LSAT, I actually, um, I got my first perfect game section, which was absolutely, you know, huge to me. August LSAT rolls around, um, did much better, but I still didn't get what I wanted to. Um, I talked to you and Ben, hey, I'm hitting below my practice scores. You know, should I just take it and apply right now or mm. should I give it another shot? Mm -hmm. um, and both of you guys advise, hey, you guys, you're scoring higher than what you got on this last one. So keep on pushing. Um, and so I signed up for the next LSAT. And I was really, really determined to not mess up on games because I wanted a perfect on games. And so at that point, I started doing actually a section of logic games a day. Um, I was doing I was hitting really well on LR and RC, but I just want to make sure that when the games came up during my next test, there was no hesitation. Nothing. Like One that. section a day. Mm -hmm. One section. Yeah, a day. I really like that for people who are who have a weakness in games. It is about timed sections. You know, you got to get comfortable with the, the ticking clock, but I'm not really racing the clock. I'm just going to confidently, carefully solve game one and get all those questions. And then I'm going to do the same thing for game two and the same thing for game three. Mm -hmm. And hopefully I'm going to finish, but I'm going to for sure get every question that I attempt right. And how, how was your record on those daily sections did you get to a point where you were perfect every day most days 
Yeah. So um, probably about after two weeks of doing that, I was getting perfect almost every single time. Sometimes I'd get minus one on the rule substitution games, but for the most part, I was handling the games themselves very well. I was finishing with a little bit of extra time, you know, one or two minutes. So I was feeling really, really great going into that, that final LSAT. Okay. How'd that and go? then it, it went absolutely amazing. I uh, started off with a game section and I was super pumped about that because I knew how well I could do on it. And I actually finished that game section on my final official LSAT with eight minutes left because nice. when I got to the games at that point, I had done every single game in LSAT history. And so it was almost like muscle memory for me. I saw a game and I could remember doing a game very similar to that. Like, oh, that, I think that was from a, a test in the 60s. I went to game two. I was like, oh, I just did this two weeks ago, a very similar game. And so I almost didn't really need to even think about how to process the games because I put in the work to just instantly recognize the patterns that they put in games. To be clear, those were not games that you had actually done before. Those were games that hadn't been released and they're not practice test games, but they just don't change this. They just don't change it very much. Like they, they have a decent wide, you know, spectrum of different types of operations that you end up doing Mm -hmm. on the test but you had done every logic game that's available to practice, right? Like an, like yes. a lawyer would, you did mm-hmm. all of the preparation over the weeks and months leading up to your final official test. And eventually it paid off. It just always does. If you do all the work like you did, mm-hmm. you know, then it's not surprising that you finish the section and have eight minutes remaining, you know, it used to be your weakest section, you choked on it on your first official LSAT and it turns out to be, um, you know, not only perfect, but perfect. Plus you get an eight minute nap. I mean, did you double check your answers during that eight minutes? Yes. During during, once I finished, I went back to the rule substitution questions because I think there was actually two of them in this one. And since those had been the ones I would maybe miss, I went and just reworked those to make sure I did that. I went really slow and I still had like four minutes. And so at that point, like I just did breathing exercises for four. Nice. I I love that. I'm glad you didn't like frantically double check all your answers for the remaining four minutes. Cause the truth is you had gotten good enough at the games. You're used to running the table. You're used to, you know, you're just not answering questions until you know, you've gotten them right. So Mm -hmm. there was no point really. in you double triple checking things. It's much better to use that time to just yeah. Focus, relax, meditate. And Beautiful. so from start to finish, um, 151, my final official LSAT was a 172. So 21 point improvement. And then from the game section, you know, worst to first, I, my first diagnostic test, I got four questions right on a game, on a game <laughs> section. Huh. And then clear, I, I know for a fact, I got a perfect on that game section to get my 172. So, yep. um, you know, the LSAT demon was great for me because it was flexible. It allowed me to schedule when I wanted to, and it allowed that kind of good repetition that I needed to, to get that perfect score. So you still had attempts remaining, but you decided to declare victory with your 172 and just stop there. Yes. I I did that because at that point, my average was a 171. And the only time I had scored higher than a 172 was a 175 at one point. So um, by that time I decided, you know what, I, I think I've, 
you know, kind of topped out here. I'm fine with my, my score with my GPA. I've hit my target score. Um, because one of the other things for me was, um, I don't, won't have education benefits. I know a lot of military members, they'll be able to use their education benefits to use that for school. So they don't have to worry about not paying for law school because they've already got that taken care of. Um, I didn't have that available. So I knew how important my LSAT score was, which is why I kept on pushing through even past the, the disappointing scores, because I was 100% um, counting on that merit scholarship aid to kind of meet that don't pay for law school mantra that I'd learned from you guys. And you ended up getting the full ride to UT? So I got an almost full ride, but with money that I've saved up the past three years while at my current duty station, I will be able to graduate debt-free um, from law school, which is, you know, an absolutely amazing because I started with a 151 and a top 20 school like UT was, you know, not even within, you know, maybe I could get waitlisted there. That's not even possible. But by the end of it and everything with the demon and service to school, I went from 151 to 172 with being able to graduate from a top 20 law school without any debt. That's amazing. Congratulations. Uh, hope you enjoy Austin. You deserve everything, David. You did the work. I mean, you know, Ben and I are super lucky to just explain a test that makes perfect sense to people until it makes perfect sense to them. By the time you took the test, seems like it was making pretty much perfect sense to you. And you ended up with a, what, 98th percentile score and mm -hmm. a top law school for basically free. Um, yeah, you, you did the work. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what happens. By the way, buckle up for uh, three years <laughs> of really hard work in law school. Yes. I'm sure you're already talking to Matt and Becca and mm -hmm. all of our other people who are in law school yeah. um, about the eight hours straight reading marathons and stuff that they've, <laughs> they've yes, the, the advice i've been given so far is like don't try to read any books don't do any prep courses just read you know what, find books that you like to read for fun and just get to use to spending and keep on trying to up that per day reading amount so that's, yeah that's my, the general advice i've gotten my lawyer friends are you know for one they were people who like to read to begin with and they i think they sim they similarly have it. I've heard them say, yeah, you should probably read for pleasure before law school starts one, because reading for pleasure just exercises your reading muscle. And two, because it might be the last time you get to read for pleasure for a few years. Mm -hmm. um, once you're in school, you're probably going to be only hitting the yes. books. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, David Kopp is a Marine and an about to be uh, UT Austin law student. And he is uh, one of our staffers at lsatdemon.com. Thanks, David, for coming on. Um, if you have a question or comment for LSAT uh, Demon Daily, just email daily at lsatdemon.com. Thanks for listening.